You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right. Welcome back, everybody. We are joined now by Sweeney Murdy of WFAN. Sweeney, thanks so much for, uh, for coming on as you get ready for yet another season on the Yankee Beat. Yeah, it's fun. We're looking forward to getting started. You know, I guess we weren't sure we were going to get here, you know, back in December or January, but here we go. So let's do it, man. Yeah, thankfully we are here. So before we start running through these predictions, just it's been an interesting offseason. I think a lot of people have some strong opinions on what the Yankees did this winter on both sides of the spectrum. So just what's your overall take on what the Yankees did this winter and how do you think it sets them up to compete in what should be a, a stacked AL East? Yeah, you know, they're, I guess they're better on certain margins, but it's hard to look at what they were last year and definitively say they're this amount better um, because you're, you're counting on some real bounce backs. You really need to, it's not just a whole new cast of characters. You need some real bounce backs, especially from Glaber Torres and DJ LeMayu. Um, those, you know, the Yankees' biggest problem last year was one that you never saw coming. They couldn't score they really just stopped scoring and it became an issue and they pitched very well. Uh, but scoring was a problem. Hitting was a problem. Um, so when they didn't go out and fix that in large degree, um, it, you know, it makes you kind of wonder how they're going to be better. Um, I, I, I think while they probably do need to add pitching at some point, I I don't think it's a terrible strategy to roll with this right now and add as you go forward here, you know, and kind of see where you are. Um, Cause they, you know, again, pitching was not their problem last year. They had a lot of good pitchers and their bullpen was spectacular and it will be again. Um, And I think that, you know, they seem to have enough confidence to starting pitchers to at least get them going, get them through this uh, first little bit of the season. Defensively, they made upgrades. Um, and they all seem kind of marginal right now, but you put a whole package together. They basically have a, you know, remember Anthony Rizzo didn't come over until the trading deadline last year. So they have a new first baseman, shortstop and third baseman and essentially a new second baseman, you know, because Glaber Torres is playing short. So they have an entirely new infield that um, is, is an improvement over an infield that wasn't very good at turning ground balls and outs. You, you just, Noted infield defense, you could tell for the last couple of years has been kind of an issue for the Yankees. So um, I think they made that area better and that will get that. That's hard to notice sometimes, but it will be noticeable, I think. Um, and then the big question is, you know, Judge and Stanton going to be healthy enough to put up the numbers that you expect them to? Is Joey Gallo going to, you know, show a little bit more of an adjustment and add a little bit more to the you know, the power that we know he has, uh, 
Yeah. Can he, can he just hit a little bit more than 220? Uh, because last year he had 160. And can DJ LeMay, you go back to being LeMay, you and Torres go back to being Torres. And, um, so, you know, that's a little bit all over the place for you. I, I basically think they made some marginal upgrades. I always look at a season. I, I can't ever look at a season and say this, you know, this team or that team is a World Series team. I mean, you're six months away from it. You have no idea what's going to happen over the next six months before you get to playoff time. I just look at a team and say, all right, presently constructed, assuming some normal things, do I think they can win 90 or more games? And I think, yeah, this team is probably in that 90-win category right now. And then you wait to see how things break out and and what happens to everybody else and uh, see what kind of start they get off to. So um, I, I think you just have to start out by saying, okay, are they a playoff contending team? And yeah, they're a contending team. And then you kind of take it from there. And a huge part that's going to determine how far they can go is going to be health. Like you said, there's a number of areas on this roster where health can be a concern, whether it's judge, whether it's the pitching staff outside of Cole. So let's get into some of these predictions. Now let's start with what do you see total IL stints for the Yankees in 2022? Just for context, they set a league record in 2019 with 53 of them to 30 players in total that spend time on the IL. But total stints on the IL for the Yankees in 2022? You know, it's hard to put in exactly because remember, you're going to have long, you know, the, the, they're not doing 10 days anymore, right? It's 50, so it's 15 days. So, you're going to have to think, you know, you're going to have, you might play short for a week while you wait for somebody's injury to heal rather than having a miss an extra week uh, by going on the IL. So, I mean, it'll be lower than that. I haven't done the math on the last few years to gauge it out, but I mean, I would think it's going to be lower than that just because you, you, you know, you have to really think about putting a guy down for 15 days instead of 10. Yeah, that that's a great point. It, it definitely, you have, you're going to have longer stints. I think with the Yankees having a little more of an established experience with Eric Cressy and his training program, that is also helping some guys stay healthy. So I'm going to go with in the 26 range. You know, you, you bring up a good point in the, and this is something that I think that they mentioned in last year, you were, you were probably going to see things. I don't know if getting worse was the right way to put it, but you were probably not going to see a dramatic turnaround right away because you have guys on a new program. And I, I think they made mention about this. Like you were probably going to see an uptick in injuries last year because you're changing a guy, you know, the, the entire program until everybody kind of gets used to it and kind of gets the, uh, the rhythm of that. Um, so it was, it was not something that was going to be a one-year turnaround. It's kind of more of like a, um, you know, I don't even know if five-year plan is the right way to put it, but it's just something about the idea of, this is a program we're implementing. And even if there are short-term losses, meaning more injuries, you know, you're doing it for long-term gain as guys get more used to the program and you're able to better implement all your, all your tools and all your, uh, all the things that Eric Cressy brings. So um, I, I wonder how, how quickly that turns around, but you know, luck plays into a lot of it too. If you're dealing with some older players in the thirties, like, you know, like Stanton and Rizzo and Donaldson and Hicks and, you know, guys who have some injury history to them as well. Um, you're playing with that a little bit more and you just kind of got to wait and see. So, you know, there's, there's really no, no, um, there's not a lot of predictability to to that, except maybe in the cases of guys who already gotten hurt and have some, you know, um, you know, have a tendency for that. 
I, th- I think you saw the benefit too. Like Stanton and Judge made it through a, a full season last year, which is huge. It's the first time since twenty eighteen, sorry, twenty seventeen, that that they both largely made it through a full season unscathed. So that I think you know, without that, the season would have been a, a total disaster. But it's, I'm a little yeah, bit a great, more. Great point, it really is, and like a lot of it, and and you have to you have to remember like when I look at the I don't remember their exact games played totals, but you know those two guys are not ideal to play 160 games a year. Nobody is really, but you're building in days. You're giving them days off when they don't necessarily need one so that you don't have to shelve them for a while. Uh, and I know that gets frustrating sometimes when you say, oh, why is this guy sitting? You know, there's their bodies in particular are not made to play baseball every day. And baseball players are less, um, they're less inclined to play every day now than they used to be for a variety of reasons. Um, but those are bodies that you need to take care of a little bit differently. And you need to be a little preemptive with it sometimes. And I remember thinking of it in terms of this, like even forgetting about those guys, like let's just say anybody else. A lot of times you used to give a guy a day off when he's like, you know, he's, he's one for his last 12 and you're like, you know, he's dragging, he needs a day off. Well, you know, if, if that's true, then, you know, he's kind of been dragging you down and hurting your team for two or three days anyway. Right. So if you give it, give him the day off before he actually needs it, then you're keeping him fresh and not having those, Oh, he looks like he needs a day off type of days. You're, you're trying to strike that balance of, of knowing when to do it. And it's not always, it's, you know, listen, you don't always like it. And when a team's, you know, when this, especially a team like the Yankees, you're supposed to win every day. So when the lineup looks a little different because one of your stars is sitting and you have a lot of stars, um, you know, it's, it's going to take, you know, it takes you back sometimes when you look at it, but there's, there's all, there are always reasons to it. And everybody's always just a little bit banged up and can use an extra day somewhere. And the position that usually needs rest most often is catcher where the Yankees have Kyle Higashioka starting this season. And he looked like, Barry Bonds in uh, in spring training with seven home runs. So, give me a number. What do you see from Kyle Higashioka in the home run home run department? Total home runs for Higgy in twenty twenty two. I know you know the tendency is to say like he's a thirty home run guy, but I'm going to tell you he's not going to play enough to get there. Uh, I think they're going to go with a true two catcher model. You know, Kyle Higashioka moving to starting catcher doesn't mean that he's going to catch one hundred and twenty games. I think they're moving more towards like a more like an 80, 80, 90, 70 kind of split over the course of a full season. So uh, I would, you know, I'm going to say he's probably going to top out around 20 because you'll probably uh, maximize his time against left-hand pitching. And he can go like he showed you in the spring how he can get hot for a little bit. So he might have like a multi-homer game or a spurt where he hits, you know, like four in 10 days or something like that. So I wouldn't think it would go beyond more than like 18 or 20, just because I don't think the playing time will lend itself to more than that. Sean, what do you got for Higgy? I got him right at 15, right, right below that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a good number. I'm I'm going 24. I think there's, I mean, he had his highest hard hit rate of his career last season, 47% last season. And he seems to be raving about working with Josh Donaldson, helping him hit so that there could be something to that too, to get him a little more pop. I'm going 24 home runs. I think what's really going to be key for, you know, if you, the Yankees used to have guys and a lot of times they're the catchers or backup catchers, things like that guys who went ninth in the lineup. Right. And 
those I'm thinking like Austin Romine had one of these years and uh, Francesco Cervelli had one of these years. And it seemed like they were always coming up big hits or guys on base or driving runs. And it's really dependent on the rest of the order, especially the top of the order, because think of it this way. If you're a pitcher and you know that Donaldson, Judge, Rizzo and Stanton are the top four hitters, let's say, and they're all healthy and they're all playing well. And, you know, Donaldson's Donaldson's hot and Judge is right behind him and he's Judge no matter what. And if that's what you're staring at as a pitcher, and you got Kyle Higashioka in the nine hole. You know, you're not going to mess around a lot. You're going to throw him, you're going to you're try and get him out, right? So you're, you're, not, you're not afraid to challenge him. You're going to throw him some strikes. And if Higashioka is paying attention, which most of these guys do, you're going to look for a fastball early in the count and try to smash it. And that's when you get opportunities like this. So, um, I, again, I go back, you know, plenty of years when guys in the nine hole would get big hits. And it's not that those guys are stars necessarily. It's that, you know, pitchers are going to be afraid of turning the lineup over with men. Last thing you want to do is fall behind the nine hitter two and oh, and end up trying to walk him and give him, put him in a spot where he's, you know, you're sending, you're either giving a cookie to hit or you're walking him and turning the lineup over again. So it's a, it's an important spot. And it's it's a spot that gets amplified if the top of the order is healthy and and doing what it's supposed to be doing. Yeah, that's a great point. And obviously, one of the key bats at the top of the order is going to be Stanton. Uh, but let's let's look over at his focus in the field for now. What do you see total games in the outfield for Giancarlo Stanton in twenty twenty two? He played twenty six in the outfield last season, and twenty and he didn't play his first one until like July. 30th or 31st mm-hmm. around there so you figure um i is it 55 like a, you figure 10 games a month give or take um that might be a decent number i still think uh, i i go back to i understand why people wanted him out there and it does help your flexibility and you really need to be sure if you're the Yankees that his body could physically handle the toll before you did that because you you really couldn't afford to get him hurt. If you remember his first year here in 18, he had a hamstring injury that really prevented him from being in the field. And it probably could have been an IL injury, except the Yankees were already down with Judge who had broken his hand and they were – you know, they need to keep the bat in the lineup and he needed to stay in the lineup. So he DH'd every day and, um, you know, he kind of measured that hamstring when he was on the bases and he played 160 games because he DH'd every day. That's how you keep that bat in the lineup. Um, but he showed last year that he was healthy enough to handle it. And, um, that's really the big key. If, if you think back, I think back to Jason Giambi, who always used to talk about how, he, he always said he liked playing the field better and that he always felt like he was hitting better there than he was DH. But my recollection of Jason Giambi being a DH was when it was usually when something was bothering him, you know, if his like his back was bothering him, if his foot was bothering him, or if, you know, if he had some sort of issue, then he'd be DH. Well, that means he's already physically compromised to some degree, even when he's batting. Um, so if you're talking about playing the field, it means your body's feeling better. So naturally you're going to feel better at the plate. So I think there's a little bit of a, you know, I, I don't know if cause and effect is the right phrase for it, but I just think you have to be aware that, you know, even though a guy says he, he is overall better when he's playing the field, it's not just putting him in the field. It's having him be healthy enough to put in the field and take advantage of his whole, whole game. 
Yeah, I think I think that's a good number. I'm I'm going I'm going 59. Just one for each home run he hit in 2017. What about you, Sean? <laughs> 44. 44. Oh, okay, going low. There you go. Going going low, which which I guess makes sense if you have a full Sounds season. Sounds like you're building gallon. an injury stint in there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll see. I mean, who knows what you get out of Hicks? And if if he's healthy, then then that kind of forces some some playing yeah. time away from needing Stanton in the outfield. So. All right, let's uh let's move on to first base and let's do away with specific numbers for a second. Let's say uh Sweeney starting with you, who hits more home runs in 2022, Anthony Rizzo or Luke Voigt? Ah, good question. Um you know, I I guess I should think about you know, well, I know who's going to hit more foul home runs. I know Anthony yeah. Rizzo <laughs> Anthony Rizzo, I think if I could, I'm going to try my best to keep track of that number this year, you know, watching his at bats because he, he had so many foul home runs last year. It was amazing. Um, I, I hope Boyd has a good year. Um, I would, I, I think Rizzo is one of these guys though, that is the bounce back guy I'm talking about. He's turned it down for a few years, uh, new hitting coaches here, uh, lefty bat, the stadium, um, Let's. I'm going to give Rizzo a vote of confidence here. Although I hope I hope Voigt really has a good year. What about you, Sean? I'm I'm also going Rizzo. I think the short porch will. I I know he does hit the opposite way quite a bit, but the short porch is going to sway my vote there. Yeah, I'm I'm going Rizzo as well. You still have the health concerns with Voigt. Now you have a full season of Rizzo in the AL East, and the Camden Yards fence was not pushed back in right field, so he can still he can still go deep there. So I'm going to go Rizzo too. So that's a uh, that's unanimous for everybody. Uh, so, oh, speaking of Camden Yards, this one this is a fun one too. Let's uh, again, Sweeney, starting with you. How many losses do the Yankees have against the Orioles this year? Because that was a killer for them last year. Yeah, and you know what's funny too? Like I just did a show um, with John Sterling and Joe Castiglione, the Yankees and Red Sox announcers, and Will Fleming, one of the other Red Sox announcers. Um, And one of the things, one of the topics that I brought to them was that the Orioles, as bad as they're going to be, are going to have a lot to say potentially about who wins the AL East, not just because they play everybody 19 times, but – the final, their final 10 games of the year, I think, are four against Boston and three each against New York and Toronto. I mean, you know, if, and if those three teams are going wire, you know, down to the wire for playoff spots, as we kind of assume they will, you know, every game against the Orioles is going to be important. And, you know, the problem isn't like how many games the, you know, we, we know, like, like, if they're just going to be like last year, we know the Orioles are going to lose like 110 games, right? But that means they're still winning 50. And where, where they win those 50 is, is, you know, that's a lot. That's, you're still winning 50 games. And that means that in a three-game series, they could still beat you two out of three, as we saw last year. I think the Yankees were 11 and eight against Baltimore a year ago. Yep. Um, and that was, you know, that's clearly what was the difference between, you know, hosting the wild card game and, and not hosting it. Um, I think um, I would – uh, here's my prediction. Ready? They're going to win 14 games against the Orioles, but I predict that the radio station will explode after every one of those five <laughs> losses. I'd say that's the most accurate pick so far of all the things we've done. Uh, what about you, Sean? I'm gonna, uh, five losses. I'll say only five. All right. So you're, you're with Sweeney. That means mm-hmm. they win 14. I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to say they lose six. It just, they 
I don't know. Last season was so frustrating. Maybe I'm still scarred by it. And I, th- and I do expect the Orioles to be a little better. I, I think they have to start showing some evidence that their whatever process this is, is starting to show some kind of sign of, of getting better. So I'll, I'll say six. I'll, I'll tell you something else too. Like just based on like the psyche of the fan, I know there's going to be like one of those games that they win, let's say they're going to be trailing and then come from behind to do it. And you're going to be like, Oh my gosh, we almost lost because so-and-so got knocked down the third. And, okay. But it was a win. There's going to be another game where they, you know, they, they, maybe they, uh, they lead like say seven to two, they give a couple of runs, they end up putting seven to five. It was a win, but Oh my God, they scored three runs against their bullpen. We almost lost. You know, there's, there's going to be those moments. Those are the kind of the fun ones. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay. Let's go to another X factor here for the Yanks. Um, let's say Luis Severino, how many starts does he make in 2022? He made eight, what did he make? Uh, 18 in 2018. Um, no, sorry. He made 32 in 2018. That was his last, last full season. And since then he's only made three. I'm going to go with 27. Let's say uh, it gives you time to maybe miss a turn or two because of an injury or, or, or skip them a couple of turns because of innings or whatever else. Um, let's say he looks great right now. And I know people got scared a little bit because of, you know, the soreness and there's always like some sort of vagary around hearing that term and you get scarred because of the other injury stuff that they go through. But, you know, he was throwing 97 he needed an extra couple of days. They didn't shut him down. Remember, they just said, well, let's just, why don't you throw a bullpen today? And we'll, you know, which is like, you know, throwing like maybe 25 or 30 pitches. And then you push back your other, your, your start and your full day of work, another couple of days. And again, he was throwing like 97, 98 and got his pitch count up. I mean, he's healthy. And I don't know how to measure out like what he's going to be in June, July, or August, but right now he's healthy. So you just, you know, you roll with that and you remember, try to remember how, how really good he was. Uh, and you hope that he gets back there again. So I, I, 27 sounds like a number for me. All right. What about you? I think the Yankees, I think Yankee fans would love 27 stars from I, I, Severino. Yeah. What do you think, Sean? I'd sign up for that. I, I think they'll probably will be very careful with him. Uh, I, I had 21 written down. I, I think you might see a couple, you know, a couple skip starts anytime they have the opportunity. Cause you know, like, Sweeney, you just said he's so electric when he is healthy that you really want to make sure that he's there in, in October. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I was going to say 22, I'd go a little lower than 27. Like, like you said, the Yankees have depth. They'll probably be very careful with Severino, especially as you get down the stretch of the season. If he starts showing any kind of fatigue, you'll theoretically have Domingo Herman back and he can start slot slotting into some starts. So I'll go 22 for Severino and hopefully it's, a full basically uninterrupted 22 starts. And it's just abbreviated because it's out of precautionary reasons, but let's uh, okay. Let's end uh, let's end on another obscure one that was just added in a couple days ago in light of recent news, Sweeney, how many at bats does Greg bird get in, in 2022? Uh, that's a good question. Um, you know, a lot of it's going to be dependent on, you know, uh, the health of the Yankees, you know, and, that one's hard to hard to describe because you know it's if somebody else like if Josh Donaldson gets hurt, what's the corresponding move there? Like, how do you look at that? Um, you know, how do you shuffle pieces around? Do you necessarily need you know the uh, like a first base DH type of bird, 
or like, or let's say Giancarlo Stanton gets hurt. Is that an opening for, for bird as a first base DH type, because you might have an extra outfielder or, you know, with, uh, with Mar, you know, Marwin can play the outfield, stuff like that. Um, I don't know. So um, I guess, you know, I listen, I'm a big fan of Greg bird and, and I, and I know a lot of the stuff he's gone through um, and I, and it's and it stinks because years ago, you know, it's not like he wanted to get hurt, and it's not like he doesn't want. He didn't want to be a star for the Yankees. Um, he he ran into a lot of bad luck, and he's trying to get his way through that. So um, I, I think people mistook that for some sort of lack of effort or desire. I mean, I mean, nobody wants to be hurt, right? I mean, you want to play, you want to make money, you want to do your thing. So uh, I never understood people who who thought he was. Uh, you know, being soft and not wanting to play. Um, he's, you know, has had some bad luck with the injuries. Uh, let's, uh, I would like to think he's probably got a stint in him somewhere. Let's say 65 at bats. All right, Sean, Greg Bird, that's, that's your boy. You've, you were loved Tino Martinez growing up. Now you a lefty, lefty swinging first baseman is back. I mean, Rizzo's there too, but you always love bird when he was coming up. So yeah, I just, what, I, I went, yeah. When he came up, I was so excited just to have the, the left-handed power hitting first baseman. It, it feels like the Yankees feel right when they, when they have that, I, I, I feel like. And you know, like you said, so like the guy was playing on, they, he didn't know it, but on a broken ankle in, in the beginning of 2017 and yeah. man, I'm, I'm not a hitter, but I assume you're trying to push off with, with that. It's, it's gotta be, got to be a killer. Um, yeah, I, I think like somewhere around like 60, 70 at, at, at bats. I mean, uh, you know, who knows with, with them maybe losing players when, Oh, and, and I know Rizzo had a back thing last year. So I, I think there's probably going to be an opportunity for him. And, and I hope he gets a chance to, to kind of prove himself to the people that kind of unfairly were, were, uh, on, on his case. I, and that, that tends to happen, right. You'll, where you'll see a guy get an opportunity and and something kind of, kind of fun happens. And he was great last year in the minors. I mean, had a good spring training had a good year in the minors stayed healthy. Here's the thing. If, it, if it's an, if it's a lot more than the numbers we're throwing out there, that's probably a good thing for him. Like that means he's performing. It means they're not, you know, it, it means a bad thing for somebody else because somebody got injured, but it means that they're not cutting bait with him and trying somebody else. If he's getting, you know, if he's getting 200 at bats, it means he's earning 200 at bats, not just because they don't have anybody else out there. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, strong spring, 960 OPS this spring, which, you know, of course, take that with a grain of salt because he's had some absolute monster spring trainings with the Yankees before. And then and then he got hurt. Um, I'm, I'm, a little, I'm a little more on the pessimistic side. I was going to say something like 30, 35 at bats, mm-hmm. maybe a short stint. I think it would be cool just to see him in pinstripes again and, and really just hoping for a healthy season from him. Um, but yeah, that's those are all our predictions. Sweeney, thanks so much for uh for joining us and we'll see how these these predictions pan out as we get ready for uh, the long grinding 162 game season.